Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 171, and today I'll be talking about raising the barn and back to the kindergarten. I'm GC13. So the first shot we get is of Steven uh, just reminding us that he still messed up about Connie, but we see his reaction uh, with the phone. He He's waiting on her. So this is just to remind us that uh, even though Steven's getting involved in other things, she's still always at the back of his mind. However, the uh, the real uh, girl trouble, uh, as we'll get to, is in the barn. Lapis freaks out as soon as she realizes that the diamonds are going to be still very angry at Steven. And uh, to be honest, I, I can't say it's really wrong, the, the response she has to finding out that the diamonds are still going to be after Steven. I mean, as as viewers of a TV show, uh, we know its tone, we know what TV shows are usually like, we know that the crystal gems are almost certain to win in the end. But to Lapis, to any sensible person, it looks like a lost cause. I mean, just remember Peridot's phrasing, we can't give the Earth up for just one geo-weapon. That means that the homeworld has more cluster-grade weapons out there ready to go. If they want to wipe Earth off the star maps, that is entirely within their power. And whatever the Crystal Gems do to stop them is going to be something nobody will have seen coming. And uh, plus, if I can call back to Gem Harvest, Lapis really hates the table. She has no good reason to stick her neck out on Earth's behalf. So her reaction to run and hide? Uh, Fairly sensible, although I do wonder, really what kind of life she's going to have. I mean, if she's talking about hiding out on an asteroid somewhere, uh, how is Peridot going to magic up electricity for them to watch their TV show, uh, as she said they could? I I guess as we saw in Bubbled, the gems don't really need a medium to talk through, but it's still going to be pretty dark out there. Uh, I don't know. I, I just am not sure how fun hiding out will be. Uh, But uh, talking about more bright spots to the episodes, Peridot's attempts to come up with silly reasons not to go, those are pretty cute. And it really is kind of telling uh, that Lapis just believes she's being trivial rather than desperately trying to come up with a reason not to go. I I guess that's just how Lapis views Peridot. It's a very trivial little gem. Uh, But eventually they realize that Pumpkin is missing and so everybody uh, breaks off to go search. We, we see a basketball, and then we see another example of Steven's laser-sharp focus as he then proceeds to dribble that basketball. I guess he gets it from Greg. Peridot bending over backwards literally to please Lapis is uh, very funny. Um, Peridot probably heard that, oh yeah, people bend over backwards to make other people feel better. Okay. Oh, hey, this works. I, I guess that goes back to Lapis thinking Peridot is trivial. Very amusing gem. But uh, I still don't know. How much of that special care that Peridot tries to give Lapis, uh, Lapis actually needs. Because we've seen in some instances that Lapis is just fine and Peridot is being worried over nothing. Then we see in this episode how Lapis reacts to Peridot saying, hey, maybe we shouldn't go. And it's like, okay, maybe there are some things that Peridot needs to not say to avoid upsetting Lapis. And then finally, there's the third scene before they find Pumpkin, the onion scene. It was amusing, don't get me wrong, but it really felt like it was thrown in either to make time in the episode or because, you know, hey, this would flow better if we had three things that they did. 
Peridot had a pretty funny line, you know, Pumpkin wouldn't associate with this inferior sphere. The ending with, hey, is that my hat? And then Onion just ducks away uh, was also great. But I think what the scene needed most of all was an apostrophe on the sign. So it's onions, onions, instead of just onions, onions. I guess I can't really pronounce the difference very well, but you get the idea. And then, of course, Peridot trying to drag Pumpkin. I do think that Peridot was being pretty harsh on Pumpkin there. But, I mean, she had to, to finally be honest with herself, to finally vocalize how she's feeling. I mean, I kind of noticed right from the beginning when she's coming up with all these silly little reasons why they couldn't go. And the fact that Lapis couldn't notice when she lives with her is, again, very telling, very telling. But Stephen finally picks up on it as well. And then they have their short little talk before Lapis comes back. And uh, Peridot finally stands up to Lapis. And I very, very much disagree with the conclusion that Lapis and Peridot come to. That the when you're about to leave being the absolute worst time for Peridot to say that she doesn't want to leave. It's, it's not like they were planning this for very long at all. It, it's something that Peridot needs to say. And yeah, it probably would have been a little bit better to say this before Pumpkin ran away, but at least she said it before they left rather than after, which would have been a much worse time, yeah. And then then Lapis does not reward Peridot's emotional honesty. She does not believe that they can win. She does not want to get caught up in another war, and so she leaves. But I do think it was very mean of her to take the barn away from Peridot, even though at first she had no plans to take the barn with her. The only reason she was taking the barn with her was because Peridot said they needed to. And so to take the barn but leave Peridot, I think, is very mean. But there will be there there will be something in Back to the Kindergarten where we uh where that becomes applicable. So I I guess we just we just move right to Back to the Kindergarten with Steven bathing in the sink. We, we see him doing that. And uh, judging by the implication of his line to Amethyst, he probably uses the sink as a bathroom as well, but there's also a third thing he does in that sink that he minds more than Amethyst seeing him bathe. So it can't be him brushing his teeth. What else is he doing in that sink that he, you know, cares more about her seeing than him bathing? Although I guess the way he's bathing, it's not that big a deal. He's just basically washing his hair and his face. Amethyst, Amethyst decides to put an end to the Peridot thing. And so we, we get in and we see Peridot listening to some sad country music. And uh, I think this is why Lapis took the, the barn away. Because, you know, the Peridot's wife divorced her, took the house. And so Peridot really is living that stereotypical country music life. Although she did get to keep the tractor and the dog, so actually she's better off than your average stereotyped country singer. Uh, Talking about cute things, I really liked how Peridot said she missed making them feel dumb by pointing out things that they didn't know. So they, they finally get to the kindergarten, and you know this is what I'm interested in. Amethyst trying to figure out whose hole was whose. I don't know what criteria she's using, because the fandom had pretty quickly realized that they were numbered from top to bottom, because we have 8XL saying that, oh yeah, Amethyst, you're Amethyst 8XM. All the Amethysts below me uh, never came out of the ground. And so 
M is immediately after L, so it's it doesn't take that much knowledge of the alphabet to kind of figure, oh, you, you know, M comes after L, and so it must keep on going, so on and so forth. Although those holes are not in a neat grid pattern, so I probably should go back and kind, kind of see uh, which should be which. But I, I do wonder, though, because 8xj has attention specifically called to her. We, we learn a very fun fact that the increased iron deposits in the rock will cause the quartz's hair to be curly. And so I do wonder, uh, will, will 8xj do something important in a later episode? Uh, will she call attention to herself somehow? Maybe she'll become a semi-major character. Or was this just another fun fact with Peridot? I mean, she, she knows a lot of stuff. She is a certified kindergartner after all. And as a certified kindergartner, she is very familiar with the workings of the kindergarten. So she she finally, uh, this is very important lore-wise, she finally explicitly states how the kindergarten works, how it absorbs the life force from the area and puts it into the gems. This was This was something I kind of figured, but it is very nice to have the show go out of its way to confirm this pretty important detail actually, because it kind of solves how are the gems able to have a theoretically infinite power source, you know, that this usually makes physics very angry. And so the show's answer is that, well, yes, they do have an infinite power source powering them, but it's an infinite power source that is also used by living things to live. So it's a little bit less infinite if it's infinite everywhere, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, then we have the farming montage. It's, I guess it's appropriate for Peridot not to hand it up on the tractor, but I, I do just like to think back to Jim Harvest and when we got, Stephen, I'm on a tractor! Um, and how that was a huge laugh line for the audience uh, when the beginning of the episode was shown and how that, I mean, even I was like, just sitting there, thought it was very amusing. So, I mean, everybody loved that line. And... So here we have Peridon in a more somber mood, not hamming it up, but she does She does end up having fun. Uh, they, they decide to water the sunflowers properly uh, from the amethyst copter, the super soakers, or wh- whatever their off-brand water guns are. Basically, uh, basically great time, great farming montage. Everyone has fun. Unfortunately, you're watching the episode, you look over at the clock and you realize, uh-oh, we still got an awful lot of time left to go in this episode. I'm not sure if it's going to have such a happy ending. Sure enough, everything's dead, just like the uh, other stuff we've seen in the kindergarten. Like We have that one sunflower just turns into dust and blows away in the wind, uh, like like we've seen before. And I'm sorry, that's not a result of not getting enough sunlight. That's, uh, for one, it's only been a night. Although I do wonder why the why they would be so confident in the roots having grown much overnight. I, I do get the implication that that was just overnight. So it's not going to die overnight, and it's never going to do that normally. That was that was weird. So Peridot gets, gets very upset and uh, reveals that that flower, oh, turns out that it was a monster. I thought it was really funny, the the arm instead of a tongue that it had. Also, Peridot's, of course! You know, just just no fear, just... Uh, um, it, it was really fun seeing Smokey uh, in, in another kindergarten, so now we've, we've seen Smokey Quartz in both Earth kindergartens. What kindergarten will we see Smokey in next, I wonder? And really, Amethyst had that thing's 
back against the wall. They didn't need to use smoky courts to take it out. It's just, I guess it was quicker to, to bring in the heavy hitter. Uh, but then Peridot learns the, the lesson of the episode, you know, a very special episode. Children need to need to learn life lessons. And that's the lesson uh, from the episode, that even if you mess one thing up, you, you always got another chance. It's it's right somewhere else. You just can't can't dwell on what you've lost. You can't dwell on what you've done wrong. Although I do wonder, this seems to imply uh, Peridot letting Lapis go. But again, I, I said it at the start of the podcast episode, but as watchers of media, as you know, people familiar with the tone of Steven Universe, Lapis is basically guaranteed to return. So I do wonder, because this seems to imply that Peridot should let go of Lapis. She has other relationships. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. I just do not see Peridot letting go of Lapis. I, I kind of expect them to go back to being friends once once Lapis comes back, because I'm certain Lapis misses Peridot, and Peridot obviously misses Lapis. But yeah, those were the episodes. Both two pretty heavy-hitting gut-punch episodes a little bit. Uh, may, I mean, it's no mindful education or something like that, but these are these are kind of downer episodes, although we see Back to the Kindergarten ends the pair on a on a bright note, you know. Peridot's looking forward now, so so that's good. Uh, this this still hasn't been resolved, so we'll see. Uh, there are some people calling for us to see Lapis again as early as January 5th, but that would mean that she was only gone for two or three episodes before she made an appearance again, and I I just really don't see her coming back until the end of the season, at the earliest, really. Anything else would be would be quite a speedy turnaround. But those are my thoughts on Raising the Barn and on Back to the Kindergarten. Uh, next week, uh, I will, or hopefully we, will be talking about Sadie Killer and Kevin Party uh, after, after they are finally aired on the television. Until then, though, since by the time you listen to this, it will be Monday, or possibly later. So I will say to you, instead of my normal goodbye, just I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.